0: Welcome to Experience This. The podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by
1: wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingus shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert,
0: Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business.
1: So get ready, because it's time to experience this.
0: Get ready
1: for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss a new way to take your vitamins how government regulations affect businesses, and creating intentional friction in e-commerce. Caring, legislating,
0: and preventing. Oh, my.
1: Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. You know, Joey, I think it was the great
0: Hulk Hogan that said, (laughs) say your prayers and take your vitamins, if I
1: recall. I and cannot believe we just started this segment with a Hulk Hogan quote. For those paying attention at home, that is your second Hulk Hogan reference this season. Because you also referenced it in the Lego episode I did about the Iron Man Hulkbuster costume. I did. I'm going
0: to use it as an Easter egg for the rest of the season. Look out for more <laughs> Hulk references. Count wait anyway, your the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan references.
1: <laughs> the Hulkster
0: always told us to take our vitamins. And I, Joey, have a new way of taking vitamins. That I wanted to share with you because I actually acted on it based on a recommendation from a friend, my friend Sarah Grace McCandless. And of course, think about that, people. That's word-of-mouth marketing. That is what mouth marketing right there. What, Take that's action. What Bought something.
1: Positive review led to positive new customer acquisition.
0: Yes, based on a great experience of somebody else. And we will put a link, by the way, to care of. This is a vitamin company. They're at takecareof.com. And we have a link in the show notes. And when you get to their website, it says, you know, your body, we know the science, let's work together. And the first thing that happens, yeah, the first thing that happens is it asks you to take a survey and it asks these questions that are not particularly hard, but they ask you about heart health and brain and memory function Things about your hair, skin, and bones, your health goals, and even things like stress, and whether you believe in things like Eastern medicine and, and you know, natural supplements. The whole thing took less than five minutes. And the result was a list of vitamins and supplements and a package that included a
1: 30-day supply tailored specifically to me. So let me get this right. You take this quick survey, you tell them what's going on with your body, what you need, what you don't need, et cetera, et cetera, what you believe, what you don't believe. And in less than five minutes, you're getting some hyper-personalized vitamins made just for you. Indeed, that is true, Joey. But the experience does not stop there. So first of
0: all, I'm going to share my results with you. And I don't think we're breaking any HIPAA, viol- any HIPAA
1: laws here because it's my... HIPAA alert. HIPAA alert. It's your stuff. You can say whatever you want.
0: <laughs> it's my own. So I guess you give up your right to privacy when you share it with everyone. So here's what the system told me, according to my answers, that I should be taking. The first thing was, ashwagandha, which I had to look up. And that was because that was for my brain. And it was because, and I quote, you told us you have trouble concentrating sometimes. You darn Wait, straight. You say? Yeah, exactly. What? I get to do.
1: <laughs> ashwagandha
0: needs some of that. <laughs> ashwagandha. Yeah, here we come. Uh, then I was uh, suggested some astaxanthin, for my heart, because I told them that I had slightly elevated cholesterol. Uh, also some garlic for my heart. And then uh, some calcium, because I love this one. It said, you told us you live in the North and rarely eat dairy. That is true, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's true. That's I do true. live in the North and rarely eat dairy. And then some American ginseng for a little
1: stress relief. I and didn't the- even know there was such a thing as American ginseng, but okay, great. There is. And... I got this thing. So those were all uh, vitamins, and they're
0: either capsules or little, you know, swallowable pills. But then I also got something that was called the Pocket Protector, which I thought was kind of a funny name. And it's a blend of Lactobacillus rhamnosus GG and Bifidobacterium
1: lactis BLO4, which obviously you know. Did it come with a pronunciation <laughs> guide? Because I'm feeling like it must have. You're doing a great job on this. I have well, no. I'd like to buy a vowel. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, those happen to be uh, two strains of probiotics that help support the body's immune system because it specifically asked in this day and age about whether you were around anyone that might be immunocompromised or whether you were, you know, in any particular reason wanting to uh, to boost your immunity and who doesn't these days. So nice. now I want to tell you about the experience of receiving the vitamin. So I, I said, sure, hit me. I order it up. And I get this box. Now, it comes in a bright red box, which really stands out in the mail, and it has very clever messages on it. I don't want to ruin them, but you know that I love clever language and, and witty language. I do
1: know that you love clever. Are we going to include some photos on the website? Do we have some of those? Or are they the kind of messages that... Well, I'm asking because I don't know that we should reveal too much. Like if... No, if you I think, think it's we can. Re- it's, okay, uh,
0: okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So you open it up, and the first thing that you see... Is a guidebook, and right on the cover it says made for Dan. I was nice. like, oh, Look, wow! Folks, nice
1: simple personalization. All they did was use his name, and before you opened any further than the guidebook, my gut instinct is the endorphins are flowing. You're yeah. feeling good about what's going on because this was made for you.
0: Yeah, and in and, and not surprisingly, in this guidebook were all of the vitamins that I had selected along with their supplement facts, which is like the nutritional info chart that you see on food, uh, similar ones for supplements. And it was now when I learned that they have clever nicknames for each one of these. So my ashwagandha pill is called the chill pill uh, because it supports focus and cognitive function. The garlic is called the vampire slayer and the American ginseng is called the study buddy because it supports memory and focus. Now, here's where it really gets cool. You get the this dispenser box, this beautiful dispenser box that has daily pill packets in it, and you pull out a packet. Now, each packet is made from a hundred percent compostable material. They have really oh, cute- I
1: like it. Environmentally friendly, paying attention, I love yep. it.
0: They have really neat quotes on them, or sometimes it's a challenge or, or a fact. Uh,
1: they say, so hi, Dan. So make sure you understand, they are messages on the individual pill packs that you're pulling out every day.
0: Yes, and, and every message nice. starts with, hi, Dan, and then it has either a quote, a fact, or a challenge. And so, for example, one of the facts was uh, that historically, peanuts have been used as one of the ingredients in dynamite. Oh, nice. Nice. See, you learned something new today, too, didn't you?
1: I I did learn that new. Ironically enough, uh, having my grandparents' farm when I was growing up had dynamite on the farm. They kept it in a tin shed next to the house where we would actually go out and watch the dynamite sweat. But I didn't know that dynamite had peanuts in it. So yeah. that's an interesting newfound fact.
0: Well, and then there was also a quote from a famous philosopher. And it said, uh, you can't be that kid standing at the top of the water slide overthinking it. You have to go down the chute. And of course, that famous philosopher is actress and comedian Tina Fey. So that gave me a little bit of a laugh. But this whole presentation is so amazing. And it sits on my desk. And every day, I open up my pill pack. I take my vitamins. I bring the empty pack over to the compost machine after reading the quote or whatever it is and I feel like I'm taking exactly what I need for Dan not for anybody else.
1: I love it and this feels like such a better experience across the board not the least of which is the pre-personalized experience like the one you just described of going and buying, you know, the bottle of multivitamins that it presumes that every human that buys this bottle needs the exact same mix of the same things. And you never know exactly what's in it, or you know, is it fresh? Is it old? Is it new? Is it for you? Is it not for you? Et cetera. This oh, feels I, like I buy the one healthcare for like we should have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for I men. buy the one for men, so it must be right, <laughs> right? Nice, That's nice. Neat. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I love this. And I think it speaks to this trend that we've talked about on the show before, where healthcare is something that every human needs. And with all due respect to our friends and colleagues that work in healthcare, the system is just fundamentally broken right now. We, there are so many of opportunities to improve and enhance the experience. There's a lot of room for growth there and a lot of opportunity for us to improve. You're so
0: right, Joey. I mean, healthcare itself has to be personalized. All of our bodies are different. We react to different things. We might be long or short, certain nutrients, et cetera. And so I think this plays on a number of themes. Obviously, personalization is one of them, and we've talked about that a lot on the show. But health and well-being is such a hot topic right now, especially with people at home and not being able to exercise as much as maybe we used to and just generally being more stressed and uncomfortable Uh, and also... This idea of brand connection, which we've talked about too. Look, these vitamins are not as cheap as the multivitamins for men that I buy at the drugstore.
1: and Dan, I was going to ask, can you give us a ballpark idea? Because I'm sure people are listening. They're like, "Wow!" And you know, and lots of times the thought is, "Well, if it's going to be this amazing experience, it probably means it's going to be a luxury pricing." But it sounds like while it's more than maybe the typical vitamins you would buy at the drugstore, it's not like crazy, insane expensive. Would I be correct? No, in that it assumption? was. I
0: think all in, including shipping, it was maybe 39 bucks for a 30 day supply. So, well, and that had five different vitamins as well as the pocket protector, the immune system stuff. So yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. It's more than I would normally spend, but I really loved, and frankly, I'm still taking the multivitamin because the multivitamin doesn't have any of those things in it. It doesn't have the ashwagandha, it doesn't have ginseng in it. So I've actually added, but again, I, I felt like you know, I feel like the company knows me, and I've gone back in, by the way, and adjusted some of my answers to play around with it a little bit. And so, for example, the first time it asked me, well, obviously, I, I'll make the joke before you do. But when it asked me about hair, I need some hair. I was, like,
1: yes, was going to say, does ginseng help with hair growth? What's going on here? Yeah,
0: but I, you know, like I went in and like retook the skin and nails part. I was like, oh, well, what happens if I say that I, you know, am interested in nail strength or whatever? And I just wanted to see how the things change. Do you get do you get different answers then, and did they send you different stuff? You do, and you can at any point retake the survey. Or sometimes they ask. In this particular case, they asked me the next time I logged on. They said, "Hey, would you like to take an additional couple of questions about about nails and uh, skin?" And I said, "Sure, why not?" And so then it recommended two more. I haven't ordered those yet, but the whole point is personalization connection with a brand, and health and well-being. These are all themes that are really hot. And I think they have done a great job putting the whole package together and really making me feel like I'm doing something good for me. And so I highly recommend it. Thank you to Sarah Grace McCandless for recommending it to me. And I'll recommend it to our listeners as well. And again, we'll put a link in the show notes.
1: Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable.
0: As you know, Joey, I still read the newspaper, like an actual paper newspaper.
1: Dad, what's a newspaper? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've heard that question before. A little old school. Well, I understand. Now, I actually read a printed newspaper as well. I read the Sunday New York Times every week, but not. I think you read daily, don't you?
0: I read. I get a uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday subscription to the Chicago Tribune. And I, I don't know why they do that. I, I was no going to
1: say, well, I know this segment isn't about that. I presume, no, but it's how we not ended about up that. With Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. It must yep. have to do when the Cubs play. I don't know. It's something like uh, that. who I'm knows. Sure.
0: Actually, when the Cubs play, I'll probably go to seven days a week because then I, nice. I want to read it even more. Anyway, it
1: kind of comes from the fact that when
0: I was in college, I was an editor of the college paper, The Daily Pennsylvania, and I'm now on the board of directors. So I still, I believe in journalism. I believe in <laughs> newspapers. Steve, you believe. Yes. Like in it. any event, it was somewhat surprising to me to come across a full page printed advertisement from Facebook. And it stood out to me, not because it was from Facebook, but because it had an actual
1: sized image or maybe a little bit bigger of, are you ready for this, a floppy disk. Wow. Now, that is a blast from the past, Dan. I have not thought about a floppy disk in a very, very long time. Now, let me clarify here. It was an ad for Facebook with a floppy disk, but was Facebook even around at the time that there were floppy disks? Like I remember using floppy disks, and I remember getting onto Facebook. I don't remember if those two things overlapped in any way, shape, or form.
0: Well, it's a good question. Facebook actually launched in 2004. And by that time, floppy disks were really already on their way out. And this was a picture, if you'll recall, because I know you you and I are roughly the same age. You're certainly a few I'm a months little, older a and little wiser. Older. <laughs> uh, but this was the three and a half inch one, the hard floppy disk, which, nice, of course, is nice. a little bit of an oxymoron. But the hard one versus those old bendable ones, remember, that were bigger. Right, right. And anyway, the headline of the ad read and I'm quoting, the last time comprehensive internet regulations were passed, this is how files were shared. And the ad goes on to say, it's been 25 years since comprehensive internet regulations were passed. It's time for an update. We support updated internet regulations to set clear guidelines for addressing today's toughest challenges. Learn more at about.fb.com regulations. So, of course, since I thought this was really fascinating, (laughs) I had to go to that website.
1: Since since you thought to yourself, hmm, fascinating PR move, Facebook, let's see what's going on on this landing page. Exactly. So I went there and it says on the website, we continue
0: to take critical steps to improve and secure our platforms. Facebook is not waiting for regulation. We're continuing to make progress on key issues. We've tripled our security and safety teams to more than 35,000 people and built new privacy tools. We're also working with tech peers to make it easier for people to move their data between platforms securely. And then it says that Facebook is interested in promoting more legislation around a few pop- topics. Now, let me stop there for a minute. They
1: want more regulation. Now, you used to work in government, Joey. <laughs> I did. And, and I'm a recovering attorney as well. Uh, so here's the thing. There's a part of me that reads this and says, wow, okay nice. I like that they're promoting for some regulation because the internet is the Wild West. And while I didn't know that the last time we had comprehensive internet regulation, the floppy disk was the king of file transfer. I do now. But I'd be lying if I didn't say, Dan, that a part of me feels like this is a little bit of a, don't break us up, don't break us up. We'd love to be in favor of new rules and new laws. That it's a little bit of a, a logistical legal strategy move here to act like they're for these things because we know for anybody that's been paying attention to, you know, what's going on in the Justice Department and antitrust lawsuits, which maybe just me of all the people listening, but we know there's this pending case coming against Facebook that's I would posit there's a better than 50% chance likelihood that they're getting broken up in the next two and a half years.
0: Well, I'm glad you asked this, Joey, because as we like to do here on the show, I reached out to Mark Zuckerberg to give us some audio. <laughs> nice an for audio the show. clip. Yeah, and uh, listeners, he said no. So, Surprise. we're not going to have any audio from Mark. But I see I hear what you're saying, Joey, and here's where I thought about this. So, I came from the healthcare industry and the financial services industry, both of which are two of the most highly regulated industries in the United States. And over a period of time, I started to adapt some of my own philosophies about regulation. And in fact, in particular, HIPAA, which we mentioned in the last segment, which is the privacy laws in the United States around healthcare information. HIPAA also has not been updated since the advent of social media, or at least since 2004 when Facebook came aboard. And I know this because when I worked in healthcare, I read the entire HIPAA law.
1: And such a good overachiever.
0: I know. Well, you know, I'm I'm a recovering wannabe attorney. So we're, there you we're go, close I like, it. In that I like way. it. But what's fascinating is that here we have one of the most major pieces of legislation in our country on privacy, and it there is no reference to social media. And so you yeah. think, well, gosh, all these years later, maybe somebody should update the darn thing and explain what that means. And I had a real case when I worked at Humana where we had this situation where somebody left us this really long post on Facebook talking all about her daughter's illness and how we had rejected her claim. Now, it turned out that the rejection of the claim made perfect sense because the doctor had actually prescribed the wrong thing. And so the claim was properly rejected and he just needed to re-prescribe it. Well, the lawyers initially did not want us to say anything, not even to acknowledge with any sort of response. And you know, Because it was on social media, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. And you know how
0: that made me feel.
1: Yeah. The lawyers basically took the standard move of let's avoid any likelihood of the appearance of impropriety by even commenting on this. And you being somebody who puts customer experience far above legal requirements, obviously you want to play within the bounds, but you're going to try to over index on taking care of the customer. You're like, no, we need to respond to this. Well, but also, it didn't make logical sense to me
0: because I figured, hey, if somebody is going to come to social media and tell the world that they have XYZ disease, what privacy are we protecting anymore? They've already Exactly. They've waived their rights. Yeah, yeah. Waved, yeah, right? And so what's, you know, and so how could you hold a company responsible then it's not they didn't share the data. In any event, the philosophy that I came up with in both industries is that I actually think most government regulation has the right idea in mind. The right idea is to protect the customer and to make sure that the little guy isn't taken advantage of by big companies. Now, from a CX perspective, I find that most of this regulation, when you just boil it down to what are they trying to achieve, it actually makes good sense from a customer experience perspective, right? We don't want to screw over our customers either. So inadvertently or on purpose. And so the concept is there. It's usually where it usually falls apart is in the execution, is that, that then we'll have uh, you know the government telling us how to protect people's privacy. And, and I don't want to get into politics here, but I'm a believer that business can figure that out in a more innovative way. In any event, I think it's smart of Facebook, whether it's a PR play or not to get out in front of legislation before it happens, because then they at least have a chance to impact it and to have their voice included in it. I think they've probably resigned themselves to the fact that we're going to have new legislation at some point, breakup or no breakup. And so, hey, we might as well be part of the solution. And for that, maybe I'm giving them some benefit of the doubt, but I, I think that's smart. I'd like to see the healthcare industry push for an update to HIPAA. To include social media. It's something that's missing. It should be there.
1: And if I were still in the healthcare industry, I'd want to help write that. No, I think that makes, I think that makes perfect sense, Dan. What I will say is that what is fascinating to me, and let's, let's narrow the scope of this conversation if we could briefly just to the concept of privacy, because we've talked about it in the context of HIPAA. Let's look at it in the context of two of the biggest, three of the biggest tech, tech players in the space Facebook, Google, and Apple. All three have remarkably different beliefs, actions, policies, attitudes around privacy. And depending on where you personally fall on the privacy meter, you are necessarily drawn towards the behavior of one or the others accordingly because they're corporate beliefs or viewpoint or perspective aligns with your personal viewpoint or perspective. I happen to think that what Apple is doing about really saying, look, we are, we're going to go toe-to-toe with Google and with Facebook, and we are going to be champions of protecting your privacy, there are some people that that is going to actually decrease the experience because it's not going to make things as convenient. You're not going to be able to be fed ads based on, you know, certain data that these tools were collecting. But I do think that it's carving out a space in the customer experience where they will attract a certain type of customer. And so I agree with you. I think what we're seeing is that the companies are leading the charge on these legal issues and the behaviors they're taking, because let's be candid, the legislators are, you know, just woefully behind. And and I cu- come from a family of politicians and lawyers. I say that respectfully, but you can't see senators grilling Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill in a hearing, saying, "But wait a second, how do you make money?" Without saying, "Okay, boomer," do your homework. What the kids would say, "I wouldn't say that," but you know, go go do your homework, like you have to understand how this technology works a little bit if you're going to be asked to write laws about it.
0: Right. And and I, I wonder in the healthcare space, you know, how many people in healthcare are helping to write healthcare laws, right? Because if you just have politicians writing healthcare laws, you're going to run into problems. Anyway, you might remember, by the way, for uh, listeners of, long-time listeners of the show, back in episode 101, you and I had an agree to disagree segment on privacy versus convenience. So you yes, might indeed. want to, we'll be to you. listen to that. And and that was an interesting conversation. And then event, we back to Facebook. So the items that they called out were combating foreign election interference, certainly an important one, protecting people's privacy and data, enabling safe and easy data portability between platforms, and then supporting... Thoughtful changes to Section (laughs) 230. And, And this is definitely the PR part. That is the Communications Decency Act, and that is the section that specifically eliminates Facebook and other tech companies from being responsible for the content on their site. So, it's Joey, their
1: get out of jail free card. Let's be honest. That section was written by tech companies as a blanket get out of jail free card. We're not responsible. Now, should they be 100% responsible for stuff on their site? I don't think so. But should they be 100% not liable? No, that doesn't work either. We got to find some middle ground on this. Yeah. Stuff.
0: And frankly, we have the technology to do it, right? They have totally. technology that can, I, can look at posts and identify things. And they actually listed a a couple of topics, with uh, illegalities, that they think uh, would be reasonable to add to such a policy. So I think the summary here was, look, I was stopped in my tracks because I'm reading a printed newspaper. I see a printed full-page ad from Facebook that is talking about additional regulation. Now, yes, they may be doing it to make the politicians happy, but I did think that it was well thought out. And I would encourage companies that are in regulated industries because, man, I spent more than half my career there and it can be a bear. Get involved in the creation of these regulations. Talk to your congressmen and your senators and be part of the conversation because oftentimes companies act like regulation is something that happens to them. And I do think if Facebook is smart, they're not going to wait for regulation to happen to them. They're going to contribute to it and try to at least make it in such a way that they can work with it.
1: Almost everyone has interacted with chatbots, but all too often, it's been a bad experience. In Mythbusters, presented by Solvi, we explore a common myth about CX chatbots and see how the right technology can create a positive experience every time. Today's myth about chatbots, they can't
0: help you with urgent issues. Joey, have you ever been stuck with a chatbot when you had a more serious issue that needed human support? The worst thing is being stuck with a robot on the phone or website with no good way to get to that real person, especially when you need an answer now. I've even tried to hunt down a customer service number, which of course is often a challenge for some companies. And One time, the chatbot
1: wouldn't even stop after the human joined the conversation. (laughs) I love it. Now you're having a conversation with the chatbot and the human, and you're loving both of them. Well, the reality is modern chatbots can seamlessly get you to a support agent when you need one. Intelligent chatbots can understand when your issue is urgent or it requires agent support and will quickly route you to the right place in those specific cases. Similarly, requesting to speak to an agent hands you directly to a real person, ensuring you don't waste time looking around for a phone number or sending an email to support or pounding on the O repeatedly in the hope that if you push it harder, it will get you to an agent faster.
0: Well, I'm not sure we should have shared this secret to super fast customer support, Joey, but I have to say, if I knew I could get to a human at any time,
1: I'd probably be a little more patient with the old chatbot. That's another myth busted. Thanks to our friends at Solvi, the next-gen chatbot. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CXPress, where we read the articles so you don't need to.
0: This week's CX Press is by Branwell Moffitt on the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience website, which is managed by SAP CX, which, in full disclosure, is a client of mine. But that's not why I'm sharing the article. And in fact, they don't even know that I'm doing it. The article is entitled Friction in
1: E-Commerce. Sometimes it's a good thing. Now, wait a second, Dan. We've talked about this on the show many times. Isn't friction usually a bad thing when it comes to customer experience? Yes, of course it is, which is why I thought the article was so interesting.
0: As Moffitt writes, and I'm quoting, convention tells us to remove as much friction as we possibly can. But but is there such a thing as having too little friction? Can we go too far and actually damage our customer experience by making it too easy for them? Unquote. Now, he points to Ikea, the iconic furniture retailer that sells high-quality pieces that the buyer has to assemble themselves. I'm quoting again. He says, you'd expect the main advantage that this gives Ikea is a lower cost of sale, which can then be passed on to customers. However, the very fact that customers have to invest more time and effort into the collecting and building of the furniture causes them to place a higher value on it, unquote. Now, this psychological phenomenon actually has a name, it was coined in 2011 by researchers
1: from Harvard, Yale, and Duke. It's known as the Ikea effect. Oh my gosh, I love it. Here's the crazy thing, Dan. We just moved a few months ago, and for the—let me count uh, that—one, two, three, four, five, sixth time— I moved a dozen Billy bookcases from IKEA. Now I guarantee you when IKEA made this less than a hundred dollar bookcase, they did not think I was going to take it from Virginia to DC to Colorado to three different locations in Colorado and back to Iowa, but I did. And I totally get that idea of being connected to the furniture in a different way because you built it. And something like the Billy Bookcase, super easy to build. They have other bookcases, not so easy to build. Uh, and and that's kind of the adventure whenever you buy something new from IKEA. Are you getting the easy to build one or the more difficult to build one? But I uh I resonate with this idea that even though there's some friction. Uh, of building it, it does create more connection because I built this darn thing. I'm going to take care of it and get the optimal use out of it before I move on to another. You're not one. giving it up so fast. I'm That's not giving it up. Sure. I, yeah, I, I spent a good amount of time on this. The Calax, by the way, is the one that is just the killer. If you see the Calax five by five cube, go get a PhD in furniture building. It'll be easier.
0: Well, we actually talked about this way back in season two, episode 42, when I bought some furniture from Target. And I expressed then, and I still express that I do not enjoy putting together furniture, but that Target's directions made it really fun and easy. Uh, But I started thinking about some other examples. Well, first of all, actually, there were other examples in the article. And then I I thought of some additional ones. Uh, He mentioned growing your own vegetables in the garden, right? They, They taste better because you
1: grew them. You know, ironically enough, Dan, uh, you may recall, we talked about earlier this season about the uh, special lettuce grower I got for my wife. We actually ate the lettuce from it the other night. The first time we harvested the lettuce that we grew in the basement. And I got to tell you, we asked around the table, the family and everybody was like, this tasted really good. And I, we talked about the fact that does it taste better because we know that we grew it as opposed to buying it at the store?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the article also mentioned the great brand build bear which is the store that lets you assemble your own teddy bear, which in theory should be less expensive because they don't have to pay for the labor, but it's actually more expensive because you're paying for the experience. So he says, Moffitt writes, by adding friction to the purchase process, these companies have managed to increase the
1: perceived value of their products while also reducing their costs. You know what's interesting, Dan? I, I... Understand the way that friction is being used here, but I, I'm not exactly sure that it's the best word because I get what they're, you know, friction is so regularly associated with an impediment or a slowing. And yes, this is arguably a slowing, but when you're enhancing the experience by slowing, like they do at Build-A-Bear, you're actually increasing the experience. So I guess it's the point that is being made if you're not going to make it uber convenient make sure that everything that takes time in your customer journey is a remarkable experience.
0: Is is worth the time, right? Because the issue with Build-A-Bear is it's not about, I mean, it is a great experience, but it's that they can charge more for that, right? Is that, uh, is that an already assembled teddy bear, which is a whole lot easier and faster and more convenient, costs significantly less than one that you have to build yourself. Now, I was starting to think of some other a uh, products. I, I was thinking uh, over the holidays. I almost bought my son this, but you know, you see in the catalogs those like. Those puzzles that you lock a a $100 bill or a $50 bill in, and they can't get to the money until they solve the puzzle, right? And must drive nice, you nuts. Nice. But man, when you get to that money,
1: you're going to really
0: feel Have a different good. level
1: of appreciation because you had to work for it. Yeah, I get that. You know, I'm also thinking of things like cooking classes, right? Where you maybe go to a cooking class. I did one years ago where we learned how to make our own sushi, and that was awesome. And I feel like it was some of the best sushi I ever had. It probably wasn't the best sushi I've ever had, but because I felt invested in the creation of it, I think it changed my, the taste profile, or at least my experience of the taste profile.
0: Absolutely. So here's the takeaway for our listeners. Even if you have a product or service that can't be assembled by your customer, still try to look for ways to make it their own. Right? It could be as simple as using their name on Your website when they log in, and then asking them if they want to change it to a nickname or a spouse's name or something else, right? Now you've made the product their own. So every time they log in, it feels like it's something that they were invested in. So understanding that you may not be selling, you may not be a furniture seller that sells made to build furniture. There are ways in lots of different companies to allow your customers to invest in the experience. And what we found from this article is that that investment ultimately pays off in a willingness to spend more.
1: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show. Yay,
0: you! We're curious, was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts.
1: And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more
0: Experience Yes.